And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving week. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, it's the conclusion to a Thanksgiving episode of Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young from 1950. Then it's a chilling Thanksgiving time story on Suspense, starring Margaret O'Brien from 1948. On my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. What do you want me to bring over for uh, Thanksgiving dinner? What would you like, a pie oh. or some Roma wine? Or uh, Nothing, thanks. You just take your time at Mike's house, and if you make it, you do, and if you don't, that's I was okay. going to bring my kids and yeah. a couple of other friends, and uh, I'll bring yeah. a pie. How's that sound? No, that's okay. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Last time we began listening to Father Knows Best, a Thanksgiving show. Let's go back to November 23rd, 1954, Father Knows Best. Well, I'm completely exhausted. I don't know where they get all that energy. Margaret, did she really win the competition with that poem? She's only in the fourth grade, Jim. That's very good for the fourth grade. Hmm. When I was nine, I could write poems like that standing on my head. Well, if you've ever seen Kathy study, you'd know that that's probably the way she wrote it. (laughs) Margaret. Yes, dear? Have you noticed how quiet it is? Yes, dear. Hasn't been this quiet for weeks, has it? No, dear. Uh, It does you good to get away from the kids for a while. Gives you a chance to relax. Take things easy. Read your paper and, uh, things? Yes, dear. Get the kids out of the house and it makes all the difference in the world. Get a little peace and quiet. Don't you? Yes, dear. All that excitement and shouting and running up and down stairs, absolutely unnecessary, isn't it? I suppose so, dear. Margaret. Yes, dear. I'm lonesome. Yes, dear. That was very good, Barbara. Very good indeed. Now, our next winner is a rugged individualist indeed. Jim, it's Kathy. I'll be right in. She put her thoughts on Thanksgiving into verse and will now read the poem which won for her the competition in the fourth grade. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Kathleen Anders. Is it Kathy? Has she started yet? Well, I just wanted to know. Thanksgiving Day by Kathleen Joy Louise Anderson. (laughs) Fourth grade. Thanksgiving is a lucky day for all the girls and boys. It isn't just like Christmas when you're Parents give you toys. Well, why doesn't she go on? Jim, please. Go ahead, Kathleen. 
It isn't as if she had to remember anything. She's got it right in front of her. Oh, but, dear, she's probably very nervous. Well, she can read, can't she? Kathleen, we're waiting. I want to go home. Oh. Now what's gotten into her? Oh, the poor little thing. Miss Anderson just remembered a previous engagement. <laughs> but perhaps we'll have better luck with our next little guest. The winner of the competition in the fifth grade. You see, Margaret, I told you she shouldn't have gone. Oh, my poor baby. I've never heard anything like that in my entire life. She was frightened, Jim, that's all. Frightened of what? You can't shut her up when she's in the house. <laughs> as soon as she's supposed to talk, she makes a noise to sound like Georgie Jessel. I tell you... Margaret. Yes, Jim? Do you think we ought to go down and get her? Oh, I don't think so. Poor kid's probably crying her heart out. She'll get over it. And don't forget, they promised her two drumsticks. I don't know. She didn't sound very hungry. Do I? What? You promised me a Thanksgiving dinner at the townhouse, remember? Oh, yes, I did, didn't I? I'll get my hat and coat, or uh, would you rather have me sue you for breach of promise? Margaret. Jim, there isn't anything wrong, is there? Oh, no, honey. Everything's fine. It's just that... Well... Yes? I've been doing a lot of thinking, and... Uh, uh, would you mind very much if we didn't go out? Why, Jim? I know I promised you dinner, but... Well, I'd just rather eat here. <laughs> there isn't anything to eat. Sure there is. I saw a whole heap of hamburger in the icebox. A hamburger on Thanksgiving Day? Well, Margaret, to tell you the truth, this uh, doesn't seem much like Thanksgiving. Not like the kind of Thanksgiving we used to know. Well, it's finally happened. After only 18 years, you're tired of me. <laughs> you know what I mean, don't you, honey? I think so. Thanksgiving has always been a uh, special sort of a day for me. Even when I was a boy. It was more than just a holiday. It was a time when the whole family got together and had fun. We used to go out into the country to my grandmother's. We did, too. Go to my grandmother's, I mean. The whole family used to be there. My Uncle Rob and his wife and their eight children, and my Uncle Will and his wife and their ten children. <laughs> that must have been cozy. Oh, it was. We ate in shifts. <laughs> my grandmother always swore she was feeding half of the neighbor's kids. <laughs> uh, but it was fun. Did you play games after dinner? Heck no. We were so stuffed we couldn't move. Oh, you were a bunch of sissies. We used to play going to Jerusalem or musical chairs or charades. That's pretty hard to do with just two people, isn't it? Jim, there's one thing we mustn't forget. This is a new generation. It's a different sort of generation with new ideas and a new sense of values. Times have changed. Hmm, I guess they have. Let's, um, let's go into the kitchen and see what we can throw together. You're an old sentimentalist, Jim Anderson. <laughs> That's what you are. And I love you. I love you, too. You know, maybe if the kids get home early, we can all go to a movie or something. How'd you like that? Oh, I wouldn't count on it, dear. Betty said not to expect her before midnight, and Bud's dinner won't start until six. Well, Kathy isn't going to stay out all night, is she? Well, no. Okay, then we'll take Kathy to the movies. Well, we'll see, dear. It all depends on... Bud! Hiya, Mom. Hi, Dad. What are you doing here? Fixing a hamburger. Want one? Well, what happened to the dinner? What dinner? At the training table with the football team. Oh, that dinner. Well? 
I don't know. I guess I just wasn't hungry. Weren't hungry? You? <laughs> I'm going to call Dr. Simmons. Uh, wait a minute, Margaret. Bud, if you aren't hungry, why the hamburger? The hamburger? Uh, pardon me, the three hamburgers. Oh, well, I, I guess I got hungry. Oh, Bud, if you don't feel well, please tell us. But I do feel well, Mom. I feel fine. Look, Bud, if you don't want to tell us the truth... But I am telling you the truth. I didn't like the dinner, that's all. Bunch of big goofs sitting around talking about football. What good is that? When don't you like to talk about football? Just a second, honey. Kathy? It's me, Father. What's she doing home? What on earth is... Uh, we're in the kitchen, Betty. I'll be right in. Oh, dear, just when everything was going so well. Margaret, why do you immediately assume that something is wrong? Maybe the Liggetts decided not to have a party. Or maybe Betty had the wrong day. Lots of things could have happened. The party was today. I know it was. Well, maybe it hasn't started yet. What's everybody doing in the kitchen? Oh, hi, Bud. What are you doing here? Oh, nothing much. Want a hamburger? Okay. Never mind the hamburgers, Bud. We've got things to discuss that are much more important. Than hamburgers? <laughs> Do you feel all right, dear? Sure. Why? You told your mother you wouldn't be home until midnight. Oh. Well, I... Well, I wasn't going to, but I came up with the most awful headache. Jim. You just said you felt fine. I do. Oh, I mean, I do except for this headache. Jim, I'm going to call Mrs. Liggett and ask her... Mother, you know if there was anything wrong, I'd tell you. I always have, haven't I? Yes, dear, you have, uh, but... Just a minute, Margaret. Kathy? Yes, Daddy? We're in the kitchen. Come on in. Yes, Daddy. See, Margaret, I told you we should have gone down for her. Well, I had no way of knowing. What's the matter with Kathy? Your sister reads the first line of her poem and bursts into tears. No kidding. The poor little thing. Hello. <laughs> oh, Angel. Hello, sweetheart. Come on over here and tell your Daddy all your troubles. I don't have any troubles, Daddy. I'm just not happy. Well, it isn't anything to cry about, is it? It was a lovely poem, darling, even if you didn't read it. And don't you worry, Knothead. If anybody makes fun of you, I'll poke them right in the nose. Oh, Bud. I don't care if they do make fun of me. I didn't want to read my poem, not to them. Why, Kathy, they're your friends. I don't want them. It's Thanksgiving, and I wanted my mommy and my daddy and my sister and my brother. I was lonesome. <laughs> Kathy, darling. She's all right, Margaret. Just leave her alone. Mother. Yes, Betty. I was lonesome, too. <laughs> oh, now, wait a minute. Oh, Jim. Margaret, not you, too. <laughs> Yes, me too. Good grief. <laughs> you sound like the third act of Uncle Tom's Cabin. <laughs> What's the matter with you, bud? Nothing. I just feel like blowing my nose, that's all. <laughs> well, blow it. <laughs> now, get busy with the hamburgers. Okay, Dad. How about a little food for the hungry Andersons? Well, I'm, I'm starving. Hamburgers. 
a fine thing to serve for a Thanksgiving dinner, isn't it? It sounds fine to me. I don't care what part of the hamburger I get. <laughs> as long as it's the drumstick. That a girl, Kathy. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's sit down and be comfortable. Well, I'll take over, Bud. I'm doing fine, Mom. Oh, Bud, really. Now, don't argue with the chef, Margaret. Just sit down and relax. Well, if you insist. Four hamburgers coming up. Well, that'll take care of me, but what are they going to eat? <laughs> Betty. Oh, you big pig. Margaret, kids, before we dig into these juicy Thanksgiving burgers, may I say something? Sure, oh, yes, daughter. This has been, I think, the happiest Thanksgiving day of my entire life. And if you don't mind, I'd like to say a special grace. Oh, Lord, we give thee thanks from the bottom of our humble hearts for the blessings thou hast seen fit to bestow upon us. We thank thee for the food that graces our table and the roof that covers our head. We thank thee for the privilege of living as free men in a country which respects our freedom and our personal rights to worship and think and speak as we choose. But most of all, dear Lord, we thank thee for making us a family, for giving us sincerity and understanding. We thank thee for giving us the most cherished gift a family may know, the gift of love for one another. Amen. It's morning now, and in the Anderson breakfast nook, life has eased back into its accustomed groove. Thanksgiving Day is over, but the Andersons, well, they go on forever, like this. Why can't I wear lipstick? Claudia McHugh does, and she's only 12. Here's your coffee, dear. Thank you. Well? Well, what? Well, why can't I? Because I said you couldn't. And eat your breakfast. Gee whiz. Oh, Margaret, we've got to do something about that boy. He's beginning to shake the house. <laughs> I'll speak to him, dear. If he can't take it easy on the stairs, don't feed him so much. <laughs> One of these days he's going to go right through. Hiya, Dad. Good morning, Hi. Mom. Sit down and eat your breakfast. Good morning, dear. He didn't say anything to me. Hiya, squirt. Good morning Mother, do you know what Bud did? He used my good cologne on his hair Good morning, Betty I used two drops You used practically the whole bottle I did not Good morning, Betty Mother, if I can't have a little privacy with my own thing Betty What? Good morning Good morning, Father That's better <laughs> Sit down, eat your breakfast Jumping creepers you know, Margaret, there's one thing I'm really going to enjoy about our Thanksgiving Day dinner yesterday What's that, dear? We're probably the only family in Springfield that won't be eating leftover turkey for the next month <laughs> Yes, dear What are we going to have for dinner tonight? Leftover hamburgers <laughs> Join us again next week when we'll be back with Father Knows Best, starring Robert Young as Jim Anderson, with Roy Bargey and the Maxwell House Orchestra, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. So until next Thursday, good night and good luck from the makers of Maxwell House. Father Knows Best was transcribed in Hollywood and written by Ed James. 
Now stay tuned in for Dragnet, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Exciting Dragnet is next, then We the People on NBC. That's Father Knows Best from November 23rd, 1950, a Thanksgiving show starring Robert Young, sponsored by Maxwell House Coffee, as heard on NBC. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's a tremendous episode of Suspense. Don't go away. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. It's time now for a tremendous episode of Suspense. This is from November 25th, 1948. It's Thanksgiving time, and this episode is called The Screaming Woman. It stars Margaret O'Brien. Let's tune it in. Part one of Suspense. at 60,000 dealers and service stations bring you radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Starring tonight, Miss Margaret O'Brien in Anton Leder's production of The Screaming Woman. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. I'm Margaret Leary, and I've got to tell you how it happened. It was Thanksgiving Day, and it was nice and sunshiny, almost like summer except cooler. Mama was cooking the turkey, and I was watching. And Mama said to me, Good heavens, I forgot. Your Aunt Cynthia's made some cranberry relish for us. Run over and get it, Margaret, so her feelings aren't hurt. And hurry, this turkey's done to a turn. So I ran to Aunt Cynthia's, and on the way back, I took a shortcut through Mr. Kelly's lot. It's a big lot, more like the side of a hill that slides down to Monument Creek. It's a swell place to play Indians and cowboys, or explorers are hunting for treasures, because trucks dump all kinds of stuff there. Loads of dirt and junk, and even big things like old cars and big pipes and chunks of concrete. Well, this day, coming back from Aunt Cynthia's, I saw that a lot of new junk and dirt had been dumped there since Saturday. They'd even covered up our swell big concrete pipe that us kids called our fort. Covered it clear up. I was looking around to see where it used to be when, all of a sudden, I stopped and listened. The sound was coming up out of the ground. A woman was buried under the junk and dirt and glass, and she was screaming all wild and horrible for somebody to dig her out. I started to run. I fell down and got up and ran some more. It was an awful, awful long way to our house that day. Mama! Mama! Margaret! Mama, Mama! Oh, Margaret, haven't I told you not to slam the door? Is that the relish? Listen, Mama, there's a screaming woman in the lot. Wash your hands, Margaret. She was screaming and screaming and screaming. Mama, listen to me. We've got to dig her out. She's buried under tons and tons of dirt. I'm sure she can wait till after dinner. Oh, next year, I swear I'm going to buy a bigger platter. Mama, don't you believe me? You've got to believe me. Margaret, I've got a million things to do. Good gosh, look at you. How'd you get your knees so dirty? Well, running back from the lot, I... Never mind. Scoot and tell your dad we're about to eat. He's in the front room reading his paper. Yes, Mama. 
Daddy! Oh, Daddy, I've got to tell you something. Getting hungry, baby? Daddy, there's a screaming woman in the lot. I never knew a woman who didn't. Mmm, smell that turkey. We've got to pick, get picks and shovels and dig her up, like for an Egyptian mummy. Oh, Daddy! I don't feel much like an archaeologist today, Margaret. I can't think of anything but food. Let's have an expedition next Sunday and dig her up. But we can't wait that long. Oh, Daddy, she'll die if we don't do it now. I'll give you some money. Oh, so it's a business proposition. Well, how much do you pay by the hour? I've got five whole dollars. It took me a year to save. <laughs> Come here, put. You know I'm touched. Oh, but Daddy, You want I... me to play with you and you're willing to pay me for my oh, but... time. My dear, you're shaking. Calm down. Oh, Daddy, please. After our Thanksgiving dinner, I'll come out and listen to your screaming. Oh, but... How's that? Oh, no, now, Daddy. Maybe she'll die if you don't come out now. Oh, you've got to come now. Margaret. If you believe me, you wouldn't wait. You never believe me. Mama doesn't believe me. Ma Nobody Margaret, believes me. quiet down right this minute. Oh, or but... I not only won't go with you, but you go to your room and stay in without your Thanksgiving dinner. How is that clear? Yes, sir. It's clear. <laughs> always like Thanksgiving, almost next best to Christmas, but that was an awful one. Dinner was a million years long. Everybody moved so slow, like a slow motion movie. Forks and knives and spoons moved slow, and Dad's cheek muscles moved slow when he chewed. Um, try to make things faster. Margaret, you heard your mother now. Don't eat so fast. But Daddy, the screaming woman, we've got to hurry. My dear young lady, this is Thanksgiving dinner, an occasion when we do not hurry. Oh, I intend to eat four or five helpings of everything until I can't eat any more. And I'm going to make an extra effort and find room for pumpkin pie, a few walnuts, stuffed dates. Oh, please, please, Daddy. Now, if you pester me anymore, if you mention her again, this screaming what's-this, I won't go out with you to hear a recital at all. Understood? Yes, sir. It's understood. That's the first portion of Suspense. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to the screaming woman on suspense. I wanted to yell, oh please, rush, get up, run around, come on, hurry. But I had to sit still, while out there in the lot with the sun shining down, all alone with nobody to hear or to help her, was the screaming woman. I could hear in my mind, screaming. Mom and Daddy couldn't hear. They just kept on eating and talking. Well, now that I can be thankful for a full stomach, I guess we should consider what other things we have to be thankful for, hmm? Well, we're all healthy. Prices are sky high, but we're not in debt. Mm. Yet. Those are mundane things, my dear. I'm thankful for my big daughter. Right, Puss? Yes, Dad. And for my loving wife, who is still the most romantic woman I know. Oh, silly. I'm thankful I didn't marry somebody else. We nearly married Dora Lampell. Even gave her a ring. No, I never meant a thing. No one... No. You're the only one who's been the serious competitor since we were all kids. Oh? There's only one. One oh. other. Helen Nesbitt. Oh. 
Uh, Ellen was my first love. When she was about as old as Margaret, I gave her a present one Christmas, and she gave me one, and I still have it. Oh, that paperweight on your desk. Mm -hmm. Funny how we hang on to things that were important when we were kids. Daddy. Just a little longer, boys. Warm up my coffee, will you, dear? You know what I'm thankful for, dear? Seriously. That we stayed here in the same town where we grew up. Here you are, dear. Thank you. The same friends. Even the same street. It's been a peaceful life. Not very exciting, but... Daddy! Margaret finds it pretty exciting. <laughs> yes. You better take her out to the lot before she collapses. All right, now, where is your screaming woman? Lead me to her. Over here, where our fort used to be. Fort? It's a big concrete pipe. It's all covered up now. Mm, Kelly's really getting this lot filled in. All right, where's the lady? Uh, right about here, Daddy. Listen. Don't hear a thing. Except the wind. Better button up your sweater, Puss. Shh. Listen. Well, that's the trolley over on Aspen Street. Hey, there. Screaming woman. Hey. Hmm. Looks like the Dolans are starting out for a drive. Well, I guess your screaming woman's let you down, Puss. But she was here, Daddy. Right under here where they dumped all this dirt. I heard her screaming and screaming like she was underneath the fort. Somebody's dumped tons and tons right on top of our fort. Yeah, too bad they buried your fort, Margaret. I saw two of Kelly's big trucks backed in here last evening. There was a dump truck in here this morning, too. It isn't because they covered the fort. Ah, it must be your screaming woman doesn't like grown-ups. Only delivers her solo for kids, I guess. Maybe she can't scream anymore. Well... I'm going back and take a nap. Let my dinner settle. Well, aren't you going to help me dig? Now, listen, my dear. Don't you think this is a sort of a silly game? But it's not a game. Now, don't stay too long, dear. Mama probably like some help with those dishes. Daddy! Daddy! I know I heard her scream. I know it. Oh, darn, darn, darn. You're there. You're still there. Hey, screaming woman! Why did you scream before? Why didn't you scream so Daddy could hear you? Don't just scream for me. I can't help you all by myself. <laughs> Daddy! Daddy, where are you? Upstairs, Margaret. I am. Daddy! Daddy, she's screaming again. Right after you left, she started to scream. You've got oh, to come back. Oh, oh, there now. Come here. Let me feel your head. Please, Dad. Why, you've got a fever. You're going to lie down, young lady. We can't leave it down there, Dad. We just come can't. Come on, come on into your room. That's right. It's awful, Dad. It's awful for her to be screaming and nobody listening. Now, nobody caring. Lie down, Post. Lie down. Now, come on. She'll choke where there isn't any more air and she'll die. Now, you're going to lie down the rest of the afternoon before you make yourself sick. No, I've got to dig. I've got to dig her up. All those comic books you read. Now, I forbid you to leave the house. Close your eyes now and take a nap. That's my good girl. <laughs> what am I going to do? What am I going to do? For suspense, Autolite is bringing you Miss Margaret O'Brien in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. After a while, I stopped crying. 
I had to get back to the lot where that woman was screaming. But I was locked in. I tied a sheet to the bed and let it out the window and chinned down to the ground. Then I ran to the garage and got shovels and ran to the empty lot. The sun was almost down and it was getting cold. I started to dig fast. Hiya, Maggie. It was Dippy Smith, who was ten years old, the same as me. He goes to my school. What you digging for? For a screaming woman. She's down in the ground and I'm going to dig her up. You can help me dig, Dippy. There's an extra shovel. I don't hear nothing. I don't dig unless I hear a scream. Then listen. I don't hear nothing. Just wait. You will. <gasps> There. Did you hear it? Hey, that's okay. Do it again. Do what again? The scream. Do it again. Go on. I'll give you this Aggie to teach me to do it. <laughs> Hot dog, did you get that ventriloquist book for a dime from that magic company? You got one of those ten things in your mouth? I, I won't tell unless you help me dig. Okay, swell. Give me the shovel. Hot dog. And, and you got to dig fast. Like this, Dippy. Boy, you think she was right under our feet. You're wonderful, Maggie. Say, that's the screaming woman's name. You must have made her up a name. Oh, sure. Her name is Wilma Schweiger, and she's a rich old lady, 160 years old. And she was buried by a crook named Spike. Come on, Dippy, dig. <laughs> We can't stop, Dippy. Oh, I'm tired. I think I'll go home. Dippy, Dippy, stop. You can't. There really is a woman buried here. Well, sure. You said so, Maggie. Oh, don't you believe me? I wasn't throwing my voice. Come back, Dippy. Okay, but I'm getting tired of digging. Now, look, Dippy. I'll go way over here, and then you listen. Okay. Listen. <laughs> hey, there really is a woman here. That's what I told you. Well, come on, let's dig. How's she breathing, do you think? I I think she's in the fort. Remember? Sure. That's where she must be. Five or six of us kids could get in it so it's big enough. I sure hope it isn't just a radio or something. Well, a radio would be nice, too. Here, here. What do you kids think you're doing? Oh. oh. Hello, Hello, Mr. Mr. Kelly. I'm tired of chasing you out of this lot. If one of you gets hurt, it may be your folks that sue me. But, Mr. Kelly, there's a woman screaming. You kids beat it, do you hear? Yes, sir. But listen, Mr. Kelly, don't you hear her? There. I don't hear a thing, and neither do you. Now, now beat it. Come on, Maggie. Mr. Kelly, somebody's got to dig her up. Don't argue with me or I'll phone your folks. This is my property. Do I have to put up a fence? Why should I spend money to keep people off my own property? Dippy, it's him. He's the one. Huh? He murdered Mrs. Kelly. He hit her on the head and stuck her in the fort and dumped loads of dirt on top. But she wasn't dead. She came too. Why, you saw him. He stood right there when she screamed and wouldn't pay any attention. Hey, that's right. He stood right there and lied to us. What'll we do, Maggie? There's only one thing to do. We'll phone the police and tell them to come and arrest Mr. Kelly. <laughs> Fast, Maggie. Shh. Don't make a sound. Is Mr. Kelly in the house? Yes, he 
you won't write home from the lot. Yes, officer. You, Mr. Kelly? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Is Mrs. Kelly at home this evening? Why, sure. Can I see her, sir? Why, sure. Hey, Anna. What's up? You got a call. Oh, good evening, ma'am. What is it? Oh. oh, I'm sorry, folks. We got a call and Mrs. Kelly was buried alive in an empty lot. Sounded like some kid calling, but we had to make sure. Always check, you know. Wait, I can't understand. It's those blasted kids. If I ever catch them, I'll break their necks. Maggie, tease it. Boy, if Mr. Kelly telephones my dad, I'll get a licking. What do we do about the screaming woman? What the heck with her? I'm not going near that lot again. Wait, Dippy. Huh? I know why he didn't hear the screams. Kelly's sort of deaf. Mama says he's hard of hearing. He heard us, didn't he? He heard the cop. He reads people's lips. But he couldn't hear the screaming woman because he couldn't see her. Dippy, come on. We gotta dig some more. No, sir. But we've got to. We're already in a peck of trouble over your darn old ventriloquist voice. I'm not going to get in any more trouble. No, sir. And he went off and left me alone. I wanted to crawl down under the ground with the screaming woman and die, too. It was dark now, and Dad would be hunting for me. If he found me, I'd get a licking and be put to bed. And then nobody would help the screaming woman at all. There was only one last thing to do. So I did it. To go all over the neighborhood from house to house and find out who's missing. Why, hello, dear. Hello, Mrs. Griswold. Is anybody missing from your house? Is your sister from Detroit still here? Uh, yes, she's sitting right over there by the radio. Don't you see her? Em, little Margaret Leary wants... No, I, I only wanted to see her, Mrs. Griswold. I was just wondering. I just wanted to know if she was here. Hello, Mrs. Pikes. You're looking good. I'm glad to see you're at home, Mrs. Pikes. I'm awful glad. Mr. Hyde, is your wife still here? Dora, aren't you out pretty late, Margaret? Yes. Oh, hello, Mrs. Hyde. What is it, Margaret? I just wanted to see you, Mrs. Hyde. That's all. The hours were just rolling along, and I rang bells and knocked, and I rang bells. I was about to give up when I came to the Nesbitt's house. The house was quiet like nobody was at home. But I saw a dim, spooky light inside somewhere. So I just kept knocking and knocking. Oh. What do you want? Oh, nothing, Mr. Nesbitt. I only wanted to see Mrs. Nesbitt. She's not here. She's gone to the store. At night? Besides, it's closed today, I think. The drugstore down on Clark Street. Oh, well, then she ought to be back pretty quick. I'll come in and wait. Hey, wait, wait a minute. I'll just sit down here and wait. I sure like this rocking chair. Go right ahead and do whatever you were doing, Mr. Nesbitt. I wasn't doing anything. Oh, looks like you were packing or something, with all those boxes and trunks around. Going away? No, Helen's been sorting things out, getting rid of a lot of stuff. Oh, burning it up in the fireplace. Uh, yeah, that's right. Dad always burns our junk out in the alley. Clothes smell awful when they burn. Uh, look, kid, Helen may have gone on from the store to visit a friend. Well, if she doesn't come back soon, I'll leave. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell her you were here. What do you want to see her about? Oh, nothing much. Hey, that's too bad. What? 
I guess you lost the key to that box. You had to break the lock. No, no, it was broken already. Yeah, I bet your folks don't know where you are, kid. No, sir. They think I'm in bed. What friend did Mrs. Nesbitt go to visit? Oh, I don't know. I mean, hey, look, kid, I, I ought to tell you, she won't be back tonight. Oh? No. She went to the store, like I said, but she was going from there over to Beachwood to visit her mother on a bus. She'd be gone two or three days. Oh, that's a shame. Why? Well, Mama was expecting Mrs. Nesbitt to come over tomorrow. Maybe to sell. Hey, you, you better not tell your mother. You see, it's kind of secret about Helen going away. She, she doesn't want people to know for a while. Oh. You, you know how to keep a secret, kid? I guess so. I, I'll give you something for not telling. I'll give you a reward. Let's see. Hey, here, here's something for a kid. A doll. A doll? Yeah, Helen was going to give it to you. I heard her say when she was sorting the stuff, she said, uh, I'll give this to the little Leary girl. Mrs. Nesbitt always calls me Margaret. Well, sure, that's what she said. Margaret, that's quite a doll. Old-fashioned. It's made of leather. Faces China or something, see? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mr. Nesbitt. It's a reward for not saying anything about Helen being gone. Understand? Now, come on. I'll snap on the porch light. Uh, Mr. Nesbitt, did you finish your driveway? What do you mean? Did you get all the dirt hauled off to make it smooth? Sure. Sure. Now, come on. I saw your dump truck in the lot this morning and... What do you mean? Were you in a lot this morning? No, no, I, I was at home. I looked out the window. Please, Mr. Nesbitt, let go of my arm. You've been playing out there today. Answer me. Oh, don't. That hurts. I wasn't playing. It's no fun now with our fort all covered up. The fort? What's that? Nothing. Nothing, Mr. Nesbitt. Tell me what you're talking about. Nothing but that old concrete pipe. You know something. That's why you came here. You've been snooping around that lot and you found out something. What do you know? I don't know anything. Let me go, Mr. Nesbitt. If you don't let me go, I'll... There! Come back! Hey, you come back, kid. I'll give you something else. I'll give you something else. Come back, kid. Come back. Mr. Nesbitt yelled because I kicked and bit his hand. Then I ran, but I heard him running after me. It was dark and quiet and scary on the streets, and more scary out there in the lot. I ran straight across the place where I heard the screaming, and it was so quiet. And all of a sudden, there was a man in the lot, right in front of me. Stop, Margaret. Oh. Margaret. Oh, oh, Daddy. Margaret, where have you been? Do you have any idea how your mama's worried? You know how late it is? Daddy, Daddy's after me. We've been Mr. up Nesbitt. and down alleys and clear down to Clark Street. I was about to call the police. The screaming woman. It's Mrs. Nesbitt down there. I'm going to give you a good licking. Mr. Nesbitt killed her, and now he wants to kill me. I've had all of that idiotic talk I can stand. It's you... true. You've got to be... Margaret, I'm going to lick you right now, right here. I've had enough of... What have you got there? Where did you get that doll? Why, I, I gave it to Larry. <laughs> Kids stopped by the house. I, I remembered... Helen said she wanted to throw it away. Helen said to throw it away? He's lying, Dad. He gave it to me so I wouldn't tell about her. It was locked up in a box. He didn't have the key. He broke it open. <laughs> She's a high-strung kid, Larry. All the stuff she was telling me. He's lying, Dad. Yes, he is lying. Why are you lying, Charlie? Lying? How do you get that, Larry? Helen never let you have that doll. It was locked up. That was a present I gave her a long time ago. She wouldn't throw it away anymore, and I'd throw away the paperweight she gave me. Why are you lying, Charlie? I'm not. Don't look at me that way, Leary. As God is my witness, I... <coughs> <coughs>
It's her. Dad, it's the screaming woman. As God is your witness. Leary, don't. No. Margaret, run to the house. Phone the police and tell them to hurry. Tell them we've got to dig. Hello? Hi, Dippy. Everything's fine. Everything's worked out keen. The screaming woman isn't screaming anymore. And they've got a lot of people down there digging her up. Hey, that's swell. Hot dog. And you know what else, Dippy? They're going to uncover our fort again. Oh, Dippy, wasn't it a keen Thanksgiving? Thank you, Margaret O'Brien, for a splendid performance. It's been just wonderful being on Suspense, and I hope you'll let me come back again sometime. We will, Margaret. And now let me tell our listeners about next week. Claude Rains and Vincent Price in the famous mystery story... The Hands of Mr. Ottermole. Another gripping study in suspense. Margaret O'Brien appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture The Three Musketeers, starring Lana Turner, Gene Kelly, and June Allison. Tonight's suspense play was by Ray Bradbury, adapted for radio by Sylvia Richards, with music composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. Make it a point to listen each Thursday to Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. And next Thursday, same time, hear Claude Rains and Vincent Price in the hands of Mr. Ottermole. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Suspense from November 25th, 1948, with The Screaming Woman, starring Margaret O'Brien. Also in that cast, Ted DeCorsia, John McIntyre, Lorene Tuttle, and Agnes Moorhead as The Screaming Woman, the woman that was buried alive there. What a great show. That was written by Ray Bradbury, Harlow Wilcox, William Johnstone, and Paul Fries doing the announcing on that, sponsored by Autolite. That's what you use in your car, Autolite spark plugs, right, Lisa? Well, sure, because I'm the Autolite girl. You're the Autolite girl, yeah, as heard on CBS. Hope you enjoyed that suspense episode. Stick around. More of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Carl Amari. These classic radio shows are direct from master recordings and digitally remastered. It's very important to me to offer you the best sound quality. We license these classic radio shows from the owners and estates for the privilege of using their master recordings as our source material so that we can pass that great sound quality on to you. Oh, you can find classic radio shows sold on the Internet from companies that are not authorized to sell them, but you'll often be disappointed by the inferior sound quality. If you enjoy listening to and collecting great sound quality classic radio shows, we've set up a website just for you at ClassicRadioStore.com so you can enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to download your favorites to your smartphone, computer, or any listening device. We offer thousands of digitally remastered classic radio shows, uncut and unedited, including the original commercials, delivered to you instantly via digital download. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and start collecting all your favorites in brilliant sound quality. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. 
Next week, it's Nick Carter, Master Detective Duffy's Tavern, The Adventures of Philip Marlowe, Have Gun, Will Travel, My Friend Irma, and The Black Museum. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week.